This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE Intellinews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello and welcome to Window on the East with me, Ben Aris, the editor of BNE Intellinews. Since the fall of the Soviet Union, Russia has embraced capitalism, if not democracy, and one thing they do do well is money. According to various World Bank studies, Russia's financial sector is on a par with most Western countries, and the macroeconomic management of the central bank is said to be the most conservative in the world and better run than many developed markets. At the same time, the wholesale embrace of technology by Russians has led to rapid innovations. There are things you can do in Moscow on your phone with your bank that you can't do in the West. I talked to Gleb Yakolev, who runs ITI Funds. With three funds in Luxembourg and two in the Cayman Islands, the idea is to provide a platform for people to get into the fund management at a lot lower cost. Typically, you need around $30 million at least in order to launch a fund. However, ITI Funds have brought the cost of entry down to as little as $2 million. That could democratize the whole process of fund management and allow small managers with limited capital to get into the business, potentially revolutionizing the fund management business. So, Gleb, good to have you here. Um, ITI is, uh, ITF Funds is, is a collection of funds, but also um, you provide services for startups, you raise capital for them, you can provide investment advice, you can provide back office. Could you give me a bit of a quick snapshot of what exactly it is that you do? Okay. Um, primarily, our business is putting together portfolio managers, and we, we put portfolio managers in a broader sense. Actually, these are not somebody who are already well-established, but, uh, but these are rather unestablished people or companies that need some kind of a wrapper, uh, that need in, in, including into, into some infrastructure. So, stop um, you there. We're, we're talking specifically here about Russian startups. Is, is that what you're saying? No, no, no. No, no it doesn't matter. Uh, for instance, as, as an example, we have uh, signed up with a uh, Western, Eastern European uh, uh, asset manager who's, who is a leader on his own market, set up uh, an ETF, a Luxembourg UC5 ETF, on their domestic market using our infrastructure. Primarily, but though, you're, is, dealing, you're dealing with uh, emerging European companies, though, aren't you? Everything's in um, the east of Vienna. Uh, exactly. Obviously, we're not very interesting for pure Western uh, providers. However, uh, European uh, and UK-based, mostly UK-based, London-based hedge fund managers and crypto managers who wants to set up a fund, uh, who want to run a large strategy. And actually for them, setting up in, uh, in London uh, is even more expensive than uh, for a, a Eastern European uh, asset management company or uh, a, a Russia-based, CIS-based company. And so, you're, um, you're focusing on, on cryptocurrencies, um, new economy stuff, Bitcoin, blockchain, that kind of thing? Or is this ETFs into more traditional public markets, listed blue chip shares? I mean, do, do you focus or cut it down in that way as well? 
So we have five platforms on which we can set up funds. Three of them are in Luxembourg and two of them are on Cayman Islands. We are doing infrastructure role platform number uh, six on Guernsey, on Guernsey. And most probably Guernsey one will overtake the Cayman platform because substance requirements and general uh, dislike of offshore jurisdictions is is actually making uh, the job and people are more, more less and less interested in Cayman vehicles and are looking more in European vehicles. But nonetheless, for the moment, we have five platforms, three in Luxembourg, two in Caymans. Uh, if we start with Caymans, uh, why we have two? One of them is crypto uh, uh, dedicated platform. And uh, we open accounts on, on crypto exchanges we set up with prime brokers we set up uh, who trade crypto we set up with administrators who are able to calculate enough uh, for crypto uh, funds uh, we work with legal people who understand how crypto works we work with marketing guys who understand how crypto works mostly people who are trading normal instruments yes uh, like uh, bonds, equities, they don't really want their assets or their infrastructure to be mixed with crypto because they feel there are some kind of risks or whatever. That's why we decided just to make these two platforms. The other platform is for traditional hedge fund guys who who need a platform to set up a small fund. On our platform, you can start a fund starting from two, three million dollars, as, as cheap as like that which is impossible in, in, in most other cases. So you can make an ALGA fund for us, a high-frequency fund, um, uh, long-only fund if you want, um, any, any type of fund. But mostly uh, people who are interested in our services are uh, ALGA and HFT guys. So uh, why, why would I come to ITI funds? I mean, the offering here is basically you've got pre-made platforms that funds can come and use. It saves them money. It saves them the hassle of the back office that you provide all those sorts of services. And it's cheap. So small funds with very specific strategies can come and get into the business, set themselves up using your platforms. Is, is that the idea, the selling point? That's absolutely correct. This is exactly the idea. And on top of that, on top of setup, we also provide a capital introduction. And our... Uh, our revenue model is is quite simple. Uh, we do not earn on on setting up a fund, because for us it's not business. We are not an administrator. It's it's we, we are not making these funds uh, for a living. We make a fund only as a service, um, and we do not charge for that. Our, our, we earn revenue uh, uh, from two major things. First, when we introduce capital into this newly created vehicle. We charge clients subscription fees, and also we take a small cut of management and performance fee from the fund, uh, just because we help them uh, at the beginning to set up. So we, in fact, we share the success with with the portfolio manager. So if there is no success, the guy just doesn't pay us simply because he has no revenue stream to pay us from. So we think it's quite fair. Um, rather than the guy setting up paying us for the setup and then this thing doesn't fly and he ends up with costs and nothing else. 
the second line of revenue stream that we have is revenue sharing with the broker. So our uh, brother, or like better say sister company, uh, ITI Capital, uh, is a sell-side broker that has offices in London, in, in, in the Northwest building uh, in Guernsey. Um, this is a small island in Channel Islands and uh, in, in Moscow. So any hedge fund manager who wants to exploit the opportunities of trading uh, or using our infrastructure, uh, we would first of all offer him to go through one of our brokers in London, Guernsey or, or Moscow and we will have a cut from from the fees, like a t- retrocession of fees from from the broker. Um, what are, who are your 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 target clients then? In Luxembourg, we have actually three platforms. First platform is uh, is ETFs, so it's uh, exchange traded funds. Uses five standard, the most advanced uh, variant of usage fund that you can get. It's regulated by CSSF, the, the Luxembourg. Uh, regulator. Uh, on this platform, we already have two funds that already operate in, in Ireland, London, and Moscow. We're setting up, as I said before, we're setting up a third fund with the, with the Eastern European promoter. Also, we are close to, to making a deal with the Chinese provider, and uh, we are talking to one more Russian firm that, that is looking to set up international uh, uh, ETFs on their platform. The second platform we have on Cayman Islands is the second platform, Raif, is IFMD, which is Alternative Investment Fund Management Directive, uh, which covers all non-bankable assets like real estate, loans, performing or non-performing loans, intellectual property, uh, derivatives, all the hedge funds that are that where you have where you don't trade underlying assets that are on the exchange. All all of this uh, uh, alternative investment. And on top of that, you can do still uh, quite uh, usual stuff like buying equities and bonds. Mm. So the beauty of the beauty of this uh, a reserved AIF, uh, reserved alternative investment fund, is that uh, unlike other funds in, in, in Luxembourg that have to uh, pre-approve with CSSF, you can set up a RAIF, uh, a new fund within RAIF infrastructure just by decision of the directors. So that saves. Uh, three to six months on the setup uh, in of the of the new fund. If, to, if you're going to go and do your own fund in, in uh, if you're going to go to in Luxembourg, yeah. you would have to have uh, assets under management of four times higher than our break-even point, which would be what 35, 30, 40 million euros to be break-even. And on our platform, it's eight to ten million uh, to be break-even. So again, our proposition is for people who want to set up the fund, who don't have this 40, 50 million euro. Platform number three? Third platform is completely unregulated. It is out of the scope of IFMG regulation. So there are some limitations. We cannot make a fund bigger than 100 million euro and etc. cetera. Um, but this is the fastest and easiest way to set up a Luxembourg fund. And on that platform, we have created a uh, a crypto ETP, crypto exchange product, uh, which will uh, which will track and index 
uh, that we have we have created together with MVs, a Hamburg-based uh, company that that belongs to Van Eck. Van Eck is a, is a big U.S. Uh, uh, investment manager who is who specializes in ETFs, and their biggest ETF is on Russia, 1.5 billion dollars. Um, so this Vanek company uh, ETF provider owns index provider called MVIS, MVIS, and this MVIS together with ITI funds has created a crypto index. So our crypto ETP in Luxembourg covers or tracks this index. Yeah. Um, to step back a little bit, it sounds um, like you, you're setting up a platform that allows people to get into the fund business at a lo- uh, with a much lower bar that you know typically funds need something on the order of 30 million 50 million to be viable um, right. and you're allowing people to get into the fund business with as little as 2 million as i understood it which is sort of on time democrat- yeah on Cayman platform and starting from 8 million on on Luxembourg platform that's correct but this is like democratizing the um, the fund business, which has been until now the purveyor of, of investment bankers who have access to, you know, some sort of institutional investor or high net worth that can seed the fund with sufficient amount of capital, you know, to get over this bar of around thirty million. Uh, and you're making it possible for a much wider range of people um, to get into a fund with a much smaller amount of money. Is that is that right? That's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. That's the point. And uh, we we see ourselves as a niche player. We offer small and uh, and uh, and interesting portfolio managers. We give them a chance to show themselves. And on the other hand, we allow investors to participate in the success of this of the small people, rather than buying uh, big funds that everybody know already. And it's, there is perhaps there is no chance that these these bigger funds will yield anything significant, uh, but smaller funds they have they have this chance. So it's is it's all it, about. Is not the same thing being done elsewhere? I mean, aren't there people in Luxembourg or New York who are having the same idea and saying, "Hey, let's build a platform and allow a super cheap um, way of getting into the fund business," and then you you spread the base of the pyramid. And there should be a large market there for people who can get their hands. Because at the end of the day, like two million to get assets under management of two million is, is not that hard. I mean, it's hard to get 30, 40, 50 million uh, assets under management. But the amount of people that could get in at that level are much larger. So you could build up a very nice aggregated business. And then once you've got the volume of lots of people in in the funds, then you can go to the prime bo- broker and aggregate. I think BCS, um, Global Markets, is, is following a similar strategy. Exactly. So uh, our strategy, that's absolutely correct, that what you said. We actually, apart from, apart from setting up funds, we have uh, about five, five or six uh, strategies of fund managers already running uh, on in managed accounts mode. So uh, if we go to actually to the process of setting up a, a, a small fund on our platform, we don't want to go into setting up a fund that will be a failure. First, uh, we do the math and we try to understand the strategy. If it's viable, we talk, we do interview the portfolio manager. We try to understand if he's serious and how it all works. 
if it was a systematic uh, uh, return or just a one-off exercise. Um, and then after we get some confidence into these guys, typically there's a group of people and actually Russian Russian uh, younger boys and uh, are quite uh, good in mathematics. And once we have some confidence into these young people who, and we feel that they have, there are some legs, uh, we, we, we ask them to put some cash uh, into the broker for half a year uh, and to, so that we can test and see the strategy. So, and we ask them to, to trade using managed accounts um, just to prove their performance. And uh, for us, it will be the only way how you can realistically see if the guy actually systematically earns. If, if he actually shows that one month he, he was up 20% and the other he was minus 30 it doesn't really fly. Um, it's something that it, it, it's like uh, he was just lucky this month. So we, we, we have we have analyzed this like a big data, just trying to understand if his performance was systematic. Um, and we go to the next stage of actually setting up a fund. And uh, 80% of people got uh, smashed by, by the market and they don't survive this half year uh, mm. exercise. So it's sort of evolutionary uh, effect that you you put people in the into the into the wild and those that survive grow strong. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Be, be, just because we don't want to spend time and and obviously money because for us time is money on setting up a fund for somebody who will not perform. Last question, and what intrigues me about this story is that here Russia again is another time I'm hearing is a financial innovator in so much as you're coming to capital markets with a fresh set of eyes and looking to deal with problems. In this case, you're, you're democratizing the fund business by lowering the bar, the cost of entry, um, so that you get a much broader base of small funds and then setting up a sort of ecosystem where small funds can flourish and the successful ones will grow. But, you know, it's Russia that's doing this, and in a way... That's uh, oxymoron. Russian capital markets is not what people think of. It, why? Why is it coming out of Russia? Why is Russia being the the innovator in this sense? I don't know. Maybe because it's Russian education or something. But actually, uh, or maybe because we we are small here and we have survive somehow to look at smaller funds. Uh, but um, but actually we don't we don't want ourselves to be very very to be considered very Russian actually because obviously Russia is not a very favorite market these days so uh, we would like to to target uh, in, international portfolio managers and international uh, investors. Okay, Gleb, very great to talk. Very interesting. Thank you very much. I wish you every success in your business. Thank you, Ben. Cheers.